The Gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's Gospel, beginning in the fourth chapter at the 35th verse. And Mark wrote these things. Late that day, Jesus said to them, let's go across to the other side. And they took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came along, and a huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, head on a pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going to drown? Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down and said to the sea, Quiet, settle down. And the wind ran out of breath, and the sea became smooth as glass. And Jesus reprimanded the disciples. Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? And they were in absolute awe, staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God, maker and preserver of all we know, and that which is beyond our knowing, even now, despite all interruption and study, we are so like disciples of old, unable to experience true peace. May the Spirit give us new energy so that we might embody the stories of Jesus, each unique, but united before the world to proclaim good news. Please be with us as we thank on your word for us this day. Amen. I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to ask you to do this. I need you to imagine that you're sitting in your family room, parked in your lazy boy, being a couch potato. And the perpetual motion of your remote control is suddenly interrupted and stopped by an infomercial. It is selling one of dozens of app crunchers, toners, tighteners, flexors. And your own tummy flap flexes involuntarily as you sit watching the world's flattest, hardest stomachs do record-shattering numbers of killer sit-ups, and you are mesmerized. So you order one. Even though you're so exhausted by the drains and demands of your stress-packed, super-stacked work schedule that you can hardly even move, you still want to do more. You may be even too tired to get up and go to bed, but you become convinced that what you really need to do is to schedule some good ab crunching time into your daily overpacked schedule. You know, folks, isn't this a great example of the culture that we're presently living in? A culture where seemingly opposite things happen at the very same time and they just don't seem contradictory to us. Do any of us really know how to say enough anymore? Just because we can. Do we really need to check our email messages five times a day over the weekend? Just because we can. 
Should we drive that extra hour just to get a jump on tomorrow's journey? Just because we can, should we really combine a business dinner with a family meal out? Where and when do we draw the line anymore and simply say, it's time for a rest? Now resting, if we're honest, goes against our brain. Because resting in our culture has become equated with laziness, wasteful, non-productive idleness. If you really want to get ahead, be successful, stay afloat, keep your edge, or remain competitive, there is no such thing as rest, time off, vacation, or downtime. Sometimes there isn't even anything known as sleep. Wearing ourselves thin, wearing ourselves out, has become a status symbol in and of itself. Rest is no longer something that we just assign to the wicked folks. Are you ready for this? It's much, much worse. Rest is for wimps. Or could it really be that we really are just too scared to go to sleep? After all, it really does take a certain amount of confidence to just conk out. Ask any new parent. You can't relax unless you are certain that things are taken care of, unless you know that someone you trust is watching while you rest. Well, Jesus is pictured in today's story as just needing a break. Non-stop teaching and preaching before huge pressing crowds had left him drained and exhausted. Please note the abruptness about verses 35 and 36. Jesus offers no dismissal to the crowd. He extends no final blessing over them. Instead, he just turns to his disciples and announces, we're out of here, or let's go over to the other side. And their movement is immediate. The disciples leave the crowd, but the Greek used here, aphiemi, could also be translated as abandoned. There's no gentle easing away or gradually closing up shop. At Jesus' word, they simply get up and go. And along with this abrupt halt to the lessons, Jesus directs his disciples to now set out for a new site. It's not only time to get away, to stop, it's time for a change of scenery. And please note, Jesus doesn't seem to be too worried about what he might miss by going over to the other side or what will happen to the crowd when they discover that Elvis has left the building. Jesus could leave understanding that he had left that crowd with good news. They had something that they could chew on for a pretty long time. His decision to leave then is immediately followed by the image of Jesus sound asleep at the, in the boat. At peace with himself and with his mission, Jesus falls asleep, it seems, immediately. How many times have you found yourself staring at the clock at two o'clock in the morning? Despite our cultural cry of exhaustion, any given night in America will find hardcore insomniacs pacing their floors. And some of the time, it is just those of us who spend a night or so every week mentally catching up on our office work, 
solving the problems of global warming, second-guessing the motives behind our children's behaviors, figuring out how to make one month's salary pay two months' worth of bills. Sometimes, falling asleep is a challenge that we're just not up to. But that is why we have sleeping pills, herbal sleep remedies, sleep music, white noise machines, earplugs and eye shades, adjustable beds, water beds, air beds, isolation tanks, all designed to help us shut out the world and shut down our minds. On the other hand, here is Jesus. He sets out in a creaky leaky boat, letting other people drive, and happily curls up and is sound asleep before they've hardly drifted away from shore. There's no suggestion in his attitude or behavior that he should be doing anything else at that time. It was simply time to sleep. So experienced fishermen guided the boat across the Galilean Sea, and all of the disciples soon came to contend with rough waves and turmoil, heavy winds, and the boat being swamped, and yet Jesus is sleeping soundly. But then Jesus is awakened by sounds of alarm. And it was then through the creative power of the spoken word that Jesus calmed the wind and the waves and expressed some concern about the disciples' lack of faith. So I put forward to you this morning that perhaps what we are to get from this story isn't so evident at first blush. Perhaps the real act of faith is not in trusting that Jesus will still a storm. Maybe the act of faith is a willingness to get in the blasted boat in the first place. Perhaps we need to simply believe that another side exists and that we need to go there and that there is something on that other side that Jesus knows about and wants us to get to. And perhaps we need to see our world differently, to see ourselves differently, to see Jesus differently, and then live into that new perspective. For I can tell you this, when your location changes, your perspective changes, others' people' perspective of you changes, when your location changes, so do you. So though we may like it to be, I don't believe that this is a story about Jesus' ability to control the weather. I think he seems bothered to perform this miracle, and he's a bit annoyed that it seems the disciples even asked. Maybe this story is more about us, about how we really like and want a God who we know is in control. The striking truth is that Jesus was with the disciples in their weather-beaten boat, experiencing the same terrible storm, the same terrible waves, the same terrible danger, and folks, that should have been enough. But maybe the tangible sense of God's power isn't in controlling weather or people, but in simply being in relationship with us. It is in traveling with us as we make our way through the world, 
Maybe it's not in miraculous interventions, but rather in walking with us as we realize more of God's kingdom in our midst, a kingdom built out of love and peace and justice. Perhaps God's power is best seen when we work together to realize something very good in this world. It is in getting in the boat with us and staying with us, even in the middle of bad storms. I can imagine that it must have been very scary to be in that boat. But Jesus was there, asleep, while storms raged around them. And sometimes that needs to be enough. For though the storms may not be over, I think you come to learn that the power isn't out there. The power is with you, and it is in you. You can rest. Amen.